Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. Today, we are continuing our study in the Gospel according to John. We're ready for John chapter 4 today, which deals with the Samaritan woman. So, Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman, and he reveals to her that he actually is Mashiach. He really is, he is the Messiah. The disciples are not really wanting to travel through that area because there's this strife and and the Jews do not have the have dealings with the Samaritans. But before we get into the story, I wanted to share with you a little bit of information and background about who the Samaritans are and some interesting things. So let me give you just a little description summary about who the Samaritans are uh, from uh, blueletterbible.org. And then I have another little interesting tidbit to share with you. So here's the description given. The Samaritans were a group of people who lived in Samaria, an area north of Jerusalem. They were half Jew and half Gentile. When when Assyria captured the northern kingdom of Israel in 721 BC, some were taken in captivity while others were left behind. The ones left behind intermarried with Assyrians. Thus, these people were neither fully Hebrew nor fully Gentile. So, you you have the northern kingdom. It's captured by Assyria. They take captives. The the Jewish people left behind ended up intermarrying with the Syrians, and this is how you have Samaritans, okay? And so the Jews would look at the Samaritans and be like, well, they're not fully Jew, and they didn't like them. They also had some different disagreements when it came to the Pentateuch, and and, and as far as what it looks like to observe and follow the law and, and worship God, and about where they should worship. So... Obviously, the Jews say you have to worship in Jerusalem. Um, let me read you a little bit, another description uh, about the Samaritan religions, and then, I, and then I want to take one second to talk about their Bible. So, the, the Samaritan religion is closely related to Judaism. While some aspects of their faith, such as belief in one God and in the Torah as God's word dictated to Moses, are identical to Judaism. Other areas, they differ greatly. They reject the rabbinic Jewish laws, which even Jesus did that by disobeying them constantly. And they follow their own Samaritan code of law and liturgy. Here's the cool thing about their Pentateuch. The Pentateuch, well, let me just read it directly off this page here. It says, This 14th century Pentateuch was copied on a parchment by a scribe. Actually, let me skip over that. The Samaritan Hebrew, this is what I wanted to get to. So they have their own Bible, but it's written in the Paleo-Hebrew script, so which is a very ancient script used by the Israelites around 10th century BC, BCE. Uh, which is kind of like a Phoenician alphabet, but the Samaritans have continued to use the Paleo-Hebrew script for Aramaic and Hebrew text even to this day. 
So the the basically the pictorial style Hebrew that you see, that you've seen uh, at different times, their Bible is still written in that, uh, which is very very interesting. Um, but their their Pentateuch contains the basic text of the five books of the Hebrew Bible, uh, but there's about six thousand differences between it and the Masoretic texts, uh, the, the Jewish version or Jewish version. Uh, one of the most fundamental disagreements I was talking about this earlier of the two is the location of the temple. So the Jews say it's, it belongs at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. The Sumerians regard Mount Gerizim, uh, near the Nebulus in the West Bank, as the site that God has chosen for a holy temple. Of course, they're both wrong, right? As Jesus is going to point out, because he's going to say the day is coming when, and when you'll neither worship God there or here, because God is a spirit, you'll have to worship him in spirit, Okay? And it seems as though Christians have forgotten those words of Jesus in this generation. Where he says, uh, location is irrelevant. You no longer need to go to to a building or a place, uh, a temple, in order to worship God. You worship God in spirit where you are, wherever you are. Because Messiah has come. And so, anyway, there's a little background on the Samaritans. They were half Jew, half Gentile. They still use the Paleo-Hebrew script, and they have some fundamental disagreements about uh, different things. Obviously, you'd have to do a much deeper research and much deeper study to understand what all those differences and nuances uh, are. All right. With that said, let's get into our study for this morning. The Gospel According to John Chapter 4, I'm going to read from the King James Bible. Let's begin. Verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So please note we have two issues that she brings up. You're asking me for a drink and we have two problems. Number one, I'm a Samarian. We don't have any dealings with each other. Number two, I'm, not only am I a Samaritan, but I'm a woman. Right? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. 
From whence then hast thou that living water? Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So please note, he tells her, Sure, I'm going to give you this living water. Go get your husband and come back. She says, I don't have a husband. He says, I know you've had five husbands and the person that you live with now isn't even your husband. And of course, she, after he basically tells her all this and maybe even told her more information that's not recorded because later on she'll say, a man that's told me everything I ever did. And she, at that moment she goes, okay. She realizes there's something significant about this guy. But instead of addressing the sin, she just wants to start asking questions, which is understandable because, okay, so now we have this prophet in front of us, as she perceived it. Uh, I need answers to these things, right? We can all relate to that. So the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in the mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said his disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him ought to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish this work, and to finish his work. Say not ye, There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. 
And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying, True, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that wherein ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him, for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying. For we, would hear, we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went to the feast. Alright, please note before we finish the last 10 verses it's important to understand that there's there's different uh there's different believers among us right who might believe a couple of things a little bit differently or might see a few things a little bit differently or might have a little bit of doctrine that's a little bit different but at the end of the day we're all looking and waiting for messiah jesus goes to the Samaritans and shows great mercy and salvation to them. And they receive him with gladness and with joy. These were the ones who were considered outcasts by the Jews, by the religious system. It's important to be careful to think, well, this group over here does this thing. So, we don't have dealings with them, or, or we don't like them, or I don't even think they're saved. Be careful about that kind of nonsense. Because that's how the Jews acted towards the Samaritans. And what did Jesus do? He goes out of his way to intentionally go through Samaria, show mercy and grace to a woman who had had five husbands, and the woman she was living with even then wasn't her husband, reveals to her a woman, which in that time was unheard of, reveals to her that he is Messiah. And then the whole city of Samaria receives him with joy. And they end up saying to the woman, Hey, Initially, we believed you because of your testimony, but now we don't need that testimony because we've seen it with our own eyes. We've heard him with our own ears. So just be careful. Remember, your brother, if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we're trusting in Messiah. They were trusting in Messiah that would come. We've trusted in Messiah who's already came and is coming again. We're going to have some differences and viewpoints on what things mean and how to observe things or not to observe things, what kind of Bibles to use. Again, the Samaritans are using a different text. I mean, it's basically the same with some disagreements, but it's in a different script. Some things are going to be said and pronounced a different way. Um, I just I see this rub with Christians, especially nowadays, because... Unfortunately, the internet has made everyone an expert, right? Like everyone is a scholar. Everyone is a Hebrew scholar. 
And what I've discovered is about 99.99999% of those people don't have a clue what they're talking about. But they've, they've labeled themselves these things because if they've done a little bit of tiny work or they've watched a documentary or they've watched some YouTube videos or listened to podcasts like mine, but they actually haven't done the work themselves. So be careful. That's the first point I want to make. The second point I want to make is I, while I am not a prophet or anything like this, I understand the concept of what Jesus just, Jesus just said here in the last couple of passage, uh, verses that I just read, and I don't know if you've caught it, if you caught it, but as someone who teaches the Bible and has been doing this for many, 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 many years, I completely relate and understand to the concept that Jesus was just described here in verse 43 and 44. Let me read it again. Now after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Please give me a moment and allow me to read this from the book of Mark, which is in chapter 6. Six verses to get the context of what's happening here. Mark chapter 6. And he went out from thence, and he came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, for many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Okay, first thing to note, he's in his own he's in his own hometown, okay? He returned home. He's in the synagogue of that hometown and he's teaching and the people there, these are all people that knew him, grew up with around him, knew his family, all these stuff. They acknowledge that he's teaching great wisdom and that he's done awesome works, but look what follows. Verse 3. Is not this the carpenter the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judea and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus saith unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own home, in his own country, and amongst his own kin, and in his own house. And he could therefore do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the village's teaching. The reason why I say I can relate to this is because I've been doing this for a very, very long time, and I've interacted with people from all over the world. I've received letters and emails from people all over the world. Some of them critical, some of them uh, being thankful, but I've, I've talked to numerous people and I've had the respect of those people for the work that I've been doing, whether they agree or disagree. But when it comes to my own friends and family, they're put off. They don't take, what I, they don't take me seriously. And it's because of this concept that Jesus is talking about, you know, amongst your own kin, amongst your own people, amongst your own town, amongst your own house, 
you're not, you don't have any honor. Like people are like, whatever, <laughs> right? Like they can't take you seriously. You write a book, they think it's rubbish. They don't, they, they have no interest in it. You do podcasts, they can't hardly get through an episode. They can't stand to hear, they can't stand your voice and to hear you teach with any kind of authority. I don't know why that is, but it is just a thing. And so I bring all this up not to vent, but if you, but to warn you that it's very possible that if you go into ministry or you, or any of these things, be prepared that in your own hometown amongst your own people, you may not get the kind of respect that you would get everywhere else. It's just the nature of it. Even Messiah, okay, the son of the living God, they were, he, he, was, he was an offense to his own town, to his own kin, and amongst his own house when he would teach, even though he was teaching with authority and, and performing miracles. So just keep that in mind. Well, let's wrap it up. A few more verses here. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him, and he besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at a point of death. Then Jesus saith unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. And the nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down. Ere my child die. And Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And then here's the key. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then required of them the hour when they began to amend, and they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. And so the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus saith unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This again is the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. That is the end of our study for this morning. That is the end of the Gospel of John chapter 4. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged and I hope that your hearts have been pierced and I hope that this helps you to start your day on the right foot with God. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Patreon subscribers, uh, for just monthly being committed to helping make this happen. I'm so grateful and so unworthy and uh, there's just no words to explain how, how thankful and grateful I am for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.